Forest fires blaze across Canada and smoke from massive fires in Quebec has blanketed parts of Ontario and the eastern seaboard of the U.S. Saskatchewan Social Assistance phone number doesn't answer 60% of calls made to the line. Advocates decry the lack of action on the final calls to action from the report into murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. Atlanta officials vote for Cop City and the bodies of eight missing workers in Jalisco, Mexico have been located at the bottom of a ravine. Good morning. It's Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. Forest fires continue to rage across Canada. Now it's Quebec's turn, and the smoke that is coming from these fires is blanketing parts of Ontario and down into New York State and D.C. The town of Shibogamo and the Cree community of Ujibugumu in northern Quebec are being fully evacuated, reports Pascal Girard from Radio-Canada. About 7,500 people live in Shibogamo and 900 live in Ujibugumu. The announcement was made last night. Residents of Shibugomo are being told to get into an arena in Roberval for services. Roberval is about three hours by car from Shibugomo. Residents of Ujibugomo are being asked to evacuate to Shikunami, to their Sejep. That is a 4.5 hour drive. People were being asked to leave with the least amount of stuff they could bring to focus instead on family members and pets. They were also asked to place a number in their window, saying how many people lived in their residence to help the SQ determine if everyone has evacuated. The fires are north of the communities, closer to Mississippi. Two fires are burning that together cover 62,500 hectares. And in British Columbia, the Donny Creek wildfire is already a record-breaking fire. It's burning 150 kilometers north of Fort St. John and is burning almost 3,000 square hectares. It's the second largest fire on record in the province ever. Evacuation orders have been given to the region, though it's sparsely populated, mostly by workers in oil, gas and forestry. So far this year, more land has already burned than in 2022. Next to Saskatchewan, where an auditor's report has shown that 60% of the calls made to Saskatchewan Income Support Line went unanswered. The data covers six months. They received a total of 255,000 calls in those six months. 50,000 of the calls were specifically people applying to Saskatchewan Income Support. This comes from an auditor report who also did unannounced visits to a service office and found that staff weren't able to provide sufficient guidance for someone applying to the program. They didn't pick a random small office. They picked one of the larger centers. 5,200 people who receive Saskatchewan income support owe a total of $4.2 million in unpaid utility bills. The program has been offered since 2019. According to CTV News, quote, it is meant to provide financial assistance for people to meet their basic needs while they work towards self-sufficiency, unquote. The 17,000 people receiving these payments get an average of $15,300 per year. With that, they're expected to pay for rent or mortgages, utilities, food and transportation. Peter Gilmer from the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry said that they know people receiving SIS that are having a hard time reaching anyone at customer service when they have a problem. Saskatchewan's Ministry of Social Services has said that they will hire 10 extra people to work at the call center. 
Next, advocates are condemning how little advancement has been made four years after the release of the final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. The final report contained 231 calls for justice. CBC Manitoba talked with Heidi Spence from the Manitoba Kiwantanoe Okimakinak, who said that there were still more than 100 calls that, quote, haven't even been looked at. The story is a response to a CBC special that was released earlier this week. It tracked the progress of the calls to action and found that only two calls are complete. More than half haven't even been started. The lack of urgency feels like the worst part of this injustice, as Indigenous women and girls continue to go missing or be murdered all over Canada. Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Mark Miller said that his government's annual progress report shows quote, an unwavering commitment, unquote, to the final calls. He says that this isn't about reports or tracking stuff or numbers, but instead that, quote, it's about people. Miller took no questions after making these comments. The Provincial Minister of Indigenous Reconciliation and Northern Relations for Manitoba, Eileen Clark, was too busy to talk to CBC on Monday. Now to the United States, where officials in Atlanta have voted in favor of Cobb City. The vote passed by 11 to 4 after 14 hours of public interventions that mostly denounced the project. Cobb City will cost $90 million and will create simulated city and townscapes inside of houses and whatever so that cops can practice being cops in the real world. The opposition has argued that Cop City is another step in a dangerous trend towards police militarization. It will also destroy a local forest. You will recall that 22 people have been charged with quote-unquote domestic terrorism charges for protesting Cop City, and that the police shot and killed Tortuguita, an activist whose hands were in the air when they were murdered. And finally, the remains of eight workers who had gone missing in Jalisco in Mexico have been found inside 45 bags that were thrown into the bottom of a ravine. The workers had been reported missing since the end of May. They all worked at a call center in Zapopan, a suburb of Guadalajara. The victims were two women and six men, all in their 30s. The Mexican government has indicated that the call center was involved in various illegal activities like real estate fraud and telephone schemes. Those are your headlines for Wednesday, June 7th. My gosh, already. (laughs) I'm Nora, and I hope you have a great day.